Sure and Nassim Tommy's not coming. Yeah. He said he has a shul. He doesn't know he has a shul thing tonight. So the Mishnah said, after listing all sorts of new brachas, the Mishnah said an instance in where a bracha is usr, is inappropriate. If a person is davening for something, for something that is already a fact, and you're davening for it to change a fact on the ground. You're not davening for a future consideration. Usually when we daven, we daven for a future. Because Baruch will do X, Y, Z in the future, please. When you're davening about a fact in the past, and you're asking something to change, that's not the nature of Tefillah. We discussed why last night, from Yeshua Siankif and from Ramosha, is it Semchanal Anais? Is it Menachem Yosef? Is it just an impossibility? Is it just inappropriate? That we discussed last night. But the case the Mishnah used was davening for a baby to change. If his wife is pregnant, he wants the baby to be a boy. So the Gemara got into an interesting discussion. Really? Is there anything wrong with davening should be a boy? Isn't that what, Rachel, what Leah did? Leah davened that her baby should not be a boy. Now, what exactly happened? Did the baby change like his mashma pashipshat? Or did the stomachs change that... The Rachel and Leah exchanged babies like the Marsha said. But in either case, Leah David. So the Gemara had two Terutsin. The Gemara said Teretz number one. Teretz number one. Um, you can't ask from there. It's a Maisa Nisim. Whatever happened over there, it's a Nase. It has no relevance to me and you. It's totally removed from us. Ain't Maskir and Maisa Nisim. That was the first Teretz of the Gemara. second Teretz of the Gemara was, it depends it depends which stage, it depends at which stage in the pregnancy we're talking. So until day 40, it is appropriate to daven that the baby should be a zahar. Only after day 40 is when it's inappropriate, and that we discussed last night. To which the Gemara, to which the Gemara has one final question. We are on Samachamed Aleph, Mamish in the middle of the Ahmed. Three lines before the two dots in the middle of the page. Umi Mahani Rachmi? Really? Even from day three to day 40, even up to day 40, does Rachmanis, does Rachman, does davening help to determine what the baby is? Already, what the baby is going to be has already been determined. Because, Vaham Rabbi Yitzchak, Ami, it depends as follows. Ish mazria tchila. If the man is mazria first, yeled this nekeva, the baby's a girl, period. Isha mazra tchila. If the woman is mazria first, then yeled is zachar. So forget what day, forget where you're holding in the pregnancy. Who has mazria tchila already determined that? And this is a pasik, shenemar. Isha ki sazria v'yeled the zachar. It says before the pasik, if the woman is mazria, then it's going to be a zachar. So. What the baby is has been determined by who was Mazriyat Chilu the Zachar in the Nekeva. So, what are you talking about till day 40 you could daven? So, the Gemara answers, nope. If both of them were Mazriyat at the exact same time, then it's Taka up for grabs, and then it's Taka appropriate to daven until day 40. So, that's the Skimar. There's, there's a lot of raid on the Skimar. But there's a fascinating Ksav Seifer. 
Ksavsevra says, why is it that the Rebbeinishal made in the Bria that, that having a boy is basically Tully in the mother and having a girl is basically Tully in the father? Why did the Rebbeinishal make it like that? So the Ksavsevra says that there are a lot of mitzvahs in the Torah. There are many, many, many mitzvahs that a man can do and a woman can't do. There's certain mitzvahs, a few certain mitzvahs, that women can do and men can't do. How is it, this is a big question, famous question with many, many answers, how is it that a person is supposed to achieve shleimus? Shleimus is a, is a completeness that is brought about by doing all tariag mitzvahs. So the classic answers are, you learn Torah. If you learn Torah, you get the whole panorama, you get the whole enchilada. The other answers are, Klal Yisrael has a din of one unit. Klal Yisrael is one big goof. The Baal Shem Tov is very, very into this. Klal Yisrael is one big goof. And this goof, you know, your hand isn't your only tool. Some, some tasks are performed by your feet. Other tasks are performed by your ears. You need an entire body to be able to function. So Klaiser also needs an entire body to be able to function. So there's the men part of the guf, there's the women part of the guf, there's the kahanim part of the guf, there's the Levine part of the guf, there's the, there's the behemoth part of the guf, there's the, there's the garushas part of the guf. There's many, many parts of the guf. That's the other classic tarot. Except Seifer says that no, that there's a, a, an inherent, an intrinsic connection between a man and a woman. So a man, part of his nature is that he is attached to the mother, and a girl, part of her nature is that she's attached to the father. So the nature that this Gemara discusses, the Ksav Sefer says, it's a big chalik in what allows us to achieve completion. A male is a product of a female, so there's that shleimus that's brought about. A female is a product of a male, so there's that shleimus that's brought about by the connection. And that's how the Ksav Sefer is masbra this. The Mishnah said, the next example of a tefillah shove is when a person sees a commotion. For instance, you're driving to your neighborhood, and as you approach your block, you hear and see tons of lights and sirens and all sorts of emergency equipment. You make a tefillah, I hope that my house is not the house that's on fire. That's a tefillah shove. Either it is or isn't. But davening for it not to be on fire now is not appropriate. Says the Gemara, if a person was going on the road, it's inappropriate. There's actually a story with Hill Hazakin. He was in this situation driving on the road. And he heard a hue and cry. Omar Muftahani, I am confident that is not in my house. And concerning him, the Pasik says, He's not scared of bad news. His heart is straight, and therefore he has confidence in Hashem. So the question is okay, Hillel didn't violate this halacha that it's a tefillah shav to daven for something that's out of your control. But how was Hillel confident that nothing bad happened in his house? Which means 
even huge, huge tzaddikim like Hillel, bad things happen to them for whatever reason. For instance, we know that Hillel was dirt poor. He had to sleep on the roof and eat the snow and etc. You know that story. So how is Hillel so confident that nothing's happening in his house? So there's two terrorists. You know, it's a morale, but it's similar to Pashup Shat. This is an amazing Yaraz Dvash. So the morale in Nesivas says that that Derachateva, things don't happen suddenly. Things happen gradually. In when something is out of Derachateva, when something is a direct hit from the Rebbeinu Shalom, then things escalate incredibly fast outside of a natural progression. Hillel said, listen, of course I am subject to Teva like everybody else. I'm confident that this situation was such an emergency. It emerged quickly that it's not, it's not me. It can't be my house because, yes, I'm subject to Teva, but from the Rebbeinu I'm confident that I didn't do anything that would, that would deserve such rapid response punishment. That's, that's the morale's explanation of the Gemara. The Yaris of Devash, Rubianus and Eibschitz, says incredible. Hillel had no idea. Hillel had no way of knowing if, if something terrible happened in his house. How can any of us be confident? You know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're about to say in, in, the, in the davening of the Yom Leirayim, Oimek Hadin Mi Yudukdak. Who knows the Cheshbainus of the Rebbeinu Shalom's Din? It's, you know... It, a tragedy could be a blessing. A blessing could be a tragedy. Good news could be bad news. Bad news could be good news. We don't know. So how could Hillel be so confident? How could Hillel be so confident that it wasn't coming from his house? It says the Rebbeinus and Eishas, you read the Gemara, it says Hillel was going, and he heard a hue and cry from his house. He said, that can't be my house. Because Hillel had been mechanach to people in his house. Though we don't react that way. He wasn't saying that a tragedy can't strike my house. He was saying that the reaction to the tragedy can't be coming from my house. Because Hillel was confident in how he brought up his family, that whatever HaKadosh Baruch Hu does, of course, of course a tragedy could lay a lay to happen. But if a tragedy would happen, they would not react by screaming and losing themselves and making a commotion. Hillel's confidence that it wasn't from his house had nothing to do with the event. It had to do with the reaction. And from the way those people reacted, Hillel was confident that that's not my family. Amazing Yaris Devash. You know, no, no rely, Davin for. Well, yeah. Like yeah, okay, fine. But in others, this is this isn't even davening for an ace like changing the baby. This is just you can't daven that it's not in your house. It either is or isn't. So you can say about anything. If one goes for a medical test, a davener should be Well, there's a big difference if something is revealed to humans or not revealed to humans, which means the the more something is Hester, the more it's Shaykh Bracha. So if no human knows about it, yes, it, it will require a nath to change. But no, that's why, for instance, if a person has an illness, that, so the advice that they give a lot is, <coughs> if, if al-pidar ha-teva, 
he could be cured, then you could talk about it. If Apiderah HaTeva, it can't be cured, you don't want to talk about it. Because the more people that know about it, the more curing it requires a nace that will change in front of people's eyes. So once something is known to humans, then it's a whole different ballgame. It, it's, it's a whole different ballgame. Which one people have done? Did you listen to last night's year? What? Did you listen to last night's year? <laughs> there were people that were very against the people on Kolo, right? Yeah. Because it classifies them as a Kolo, and that mm-hmm. changes the whole mm-hmm. thing. So. Mm-hmm. Except, except mm-hmm. Dominic for gender, right? Even though that's not this mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So was, we were hacking a lot after the year last night. How would you know if it is or isn't? So that, you're right, it minimizes, especially in those days before sonograms, it minimizes the amount of nace required to to change. Okay, so now the Gemara quoted a Pusik. The Gemara quoted a Pusik. From hearing bad news, he's not scared. Because his heart is straight, he has confidence in Hashem. Whichever direction you read this Pusik, it reads. It's one of these rare psukim. I mean, you can't read Barashas Baralakimaaretz backwards. You'd come out with a very alternative ending if you read it backwards. But this is one of these rare psukim that if you read it both ways, it can be read. Mirashal Asefa Midrash, it can be read from the beginning to the end. Mesefalarasha Midrash, it can be read from the end to the beginning. Now, the Mafarshan point out that it doesn't say that if you read it either way, you will come out with the same message, but there is a true message in reading the Pusik forwards, and there is a true message in reading the Pusik backwards. May Rachel is safe in Midrash. It's read forwards from beginning to end. From bad news, he's not scared. You know why? Because he has bitachan. So since a person has bitachan, basically... Real, 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 real bitachin is that you will never hear bad news. Now, the Chazanish says in the first paragraph of Emuno bitachin, it doesn't mean that if a person has bitachin, bad things won't happen to him. But if a person has bitachin, he can know that the right thing is happening to him. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It's not the pshat, oh, you know, a yid. A yid believes that nothing bad can happen to him. Not true. If a yid believes, he knows that whatever, happening, whatever happens to him is good for him. It doesn't mean it's pleasant. Says the Gemara, so, so I'm not worried about what I'm going to hear because whatever it is, it's necessary. And may say for the Midrash, this can also be read in reverse, if a person has bitachin, may he doesn't have to worry about bad news. Ha'u Talmud. There was once this Talmud. Who was following Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yaisi, B'shuka D'Tzian. In the Tzian Shuk, which was an area, a Shuk. Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yaisi, saw this Talmud, he was petrified. Rabbi Yaisi said, you must be a sinner. Why? D'Ksiv, who is scared in Tzion? Chatoim, sinners. So if you're scared, if you're so scared of something, you must have, uh, you know, a bad record. I'm like, what are you talking about? Vaksiv, Ashrei Adam, Mefachet Tamid. 
Lucky, fortunate is a person who's always worried. That is only talking about learning. Which means, I, th- I always think what this Gemara is saying is that there's <coughs> constructive worry and there's not constructive worry. Worrying about the past means you're still holding there and you can't change it. So if you're still holding there, you are a sinner. Stop worrying about the past. Stop whatever you're doing, whatever is causing you worry, stop. Worrying about the past is not constructive. We call it in English now obsessive. It's not constructive. What we say when you're worried about Divrei Taira doesn't just mean Divrei Taira. It means thinking about how I can improve myself in the future. Ah, so to worry about something that you could fix, to worry about something you could improve, to worry about something that you could make better, oh, that's constructive worry. That's, that's, a, that's appropriate. So that's what he's telling him. He's telling him, like, you're quoting me the Pasuk about, about worrying about Tyra. That's appropriate because you should be worried how you're going to make yourself a bigger person in the future, a better person in the future. But worrying about the past, that's inappropriate. Says the Gemara, same idea. Yehuda bar Hamnuna. He was walking bare of Hamnuna. Asnach. He let out a krecht, a sigh. Yisurim, does this man want to bring on himself? Do you want to bring Yisurim on yourself? I worried a worry and I was stressed and what I worried about came to me by the way big you said in morale that if a person worries about something too much it will happen especially in terms of money the morale says this the morale says that if you're constantly worried about something you it will be a self-fulfilling prophecy I don't know if it's logical or or um, metaphysical, but the Maral says this. That's like the thing of the... Uh, yeah. What are you talking about? It's good to worry. It says you should worry about the very Torah. You're right, by the very Torah. Worrying about what you can do, that is a good worry. Finally, says the Gemara, when a person entered a village, Mepharshim explained that in those days, each, each city was governed locally. Um, you know, nowadays we have the idea of a country. To have such a big country administered by one government is very, very, very hard. It's only facilitated by technology. Back in the day, when, when it was very hard to rule, it was very small countries. Like, you know, if you go back to like uh, 1600, the countries were much smaller. Right, right, they were all that size. So basically, each guy had a city-state. So every time you enter a city, you're entering some little local despots, like little kingdom. So every single city was like a new shakedown, or worse. So going into a city was a very harrowing experience. So what do you say upon entering a city? Get me in here peacefully. Once you're in, you have to thank Hashem for getting in. That you got me in this krach peacefully. When you want to leave, same idea. They're going to shake you down again, the exit fees. When he leaves, 
And when you thank Hashem, send me on my way in peace. This is Tvil Saderach. Support me. Support me. Save me from any enemy and attack of Aderach. Omer of Masna says of Masna, the only need to be worried and daven and be scared is in a village that doesn't judge before it kills. It's a banana republic and it doesn't have a judicial system. In a city, in a city that they judge before they kill, if there's a legal system, then you have nothing to worry about. You get a faith in the legal system. Leslinba, there's nothing to worry about. Even in a city with a legal system, maybe you're not going to find a person to bring out a schus for you. Meaning, maybe you will not have a good lawyer. So even in a city that officially has a justice system or a legal system or judiciary, you still need to daven. I have a friend, he was driving from here to Toronto for a chasana, and he wasn't going the highway way, he was going like the little towns in New York way. So you, we've all been there. So you're driving on like a highway. So the speed limit's 60, 65. Then like the highway turns into main street of like a little shtetl, and it turns to 35 for two blocks. And then, and then, and like we've all been there. So there, there's a cop that sits like right at the beginning of the 35 zone. Uh, you know, like, who hasn't got nailed one of these things? I kid, sir, this guy's doing this at 3 a.m. And he's going like a place like 100. <laughs> so I kid, sir, the cop, woo, 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 yeah, you're under arrest. He hauls him into the police station, which is on that block, Fresh Dates, huh? And, and he says, we're going to have you a trial right now. So is the cop, another cop, they're like the judge comes in. The judge comes in. The guy, the guy says, what happened? $800. Payable cash right now. So he called his brother transferring money. They paid $800 cash. They said, he go. whole thing's never on his record. The, whole, the thing never showed up on his record. It never showed up on his driving record. Nothing ever happened. In the state of New York, push it a good old shakedown like the Ottoman Empire of 400 years ago. So it was like, we think like the state of New York has like, you know, an official judiciary system, a justice system. I know a guy who knows Noah Dear, he'll get me up. No, even in, even in New York, you have to dive in before you go through like Anawanger, one of those places. Huh? Right, but in Sadarach, we do Paskin. Now, by the way, Izzy, this Gemara is like a shtickle hack in Tfilas Haderach because it seems over here that you make the bracha immediately upon leaving the city before your hochzik baderach, which isn't the halacha by regular Tfilas Haderach. So there's a little hack over here. Does Tfilas Haderach change when you've been on the road but entered a city and then continue the trip? Do you make the next leg of Tfilas Haderach quicker or, do you, or is it regular? This, this is like the... The point that the the, the Mishabura talks about this Gemara. And finally, 
One last Gemara tonight that's not very negative to us. The most dangerous uh, uh, thing that anyone did on a weekly basis back in the day was go in the bathhouse. Because the bathhouse was much like a recipe for death. So this is how the bathhouse worked. There were two floors. The, the bottom floor, which was Gehenna. It was a huge fire. That mamish Gehenna. On the top floor, you had floorboards and a huge pot that was the bathtub that was held up by floorboards. So now the fire is going on wood. The wood is constantly wet because people are coming in and out of a bath. So it's warped and, and not good wood. And, and um, the, you know, it expands and contracts because the fire, and the fire is down there burning and the pot is scalding and, and the pot weighs a lot of weight because, because it's holding water and inherently it has to be on a higher floor because you can't let a fire in the ground. So, so the, going to the bathhouse was fraught with danger. People died there all the time, as we will see from this Gemara. So turn on about When a person goes into a bathhouse, he's about to die. Save me from this. And anything that's like it. And, and please, my sins should not affect me here. By the way, and if my sins cause me to die, which is very possible, my death should be a kapara. Now, we learned a lot of brachas. We're 60 blood into this mesechta. Did you ever see something that says like, okay, I'm about to just please save me, but if I die, which is very likely, it should be a kapara. I'm rabbi, watch your mouth. A person should never talk or give words to the Satan because we know the Satan is empowered by the mouth of Yidin. And if you say something that is negative, the Satan can act upon it. By the way, this is the site of Lashon Hara. The reason why Lashon Hara is so destructive is because the words you use, the words you use are are a enabler to the satan. So if I go and say, do you know what he did last night? Then I am enabling the satan to take action, which is why real Lashon Hara is only about Averis. If I say, you know, his tie is extremely ugly, that's not Lashon Hara, because that doesn't do any Yiftach Pela Satan. The Amrish Lakish, like Rish Lakish said, V'chein Tanushet Reb Yosi, Me'oylam al Yiftach Adam Pivla Satan, a person should not should not open up his mouth to the Satan. What's the Pasuk? We learned this in Shabbos Chazayin. We were like Stein. We're comparable to Amaira. What did the Navi Yeshaya answer them? Listen up to the word of Hashem, princes of Stein. So we see that if they called themselves People of Stein, the Navi referred to them as people of Stein because what you call yourself has an effect on you. Okay, I guess we'll, we'll continue this Gemara next time. You look at the beginning of the Gemara.